Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. After a huge week's racing on Sky Sports Racing between Chester, Lingfield, Paddy Longchamp, Ascot, and we are here to review it all, as well as the action at Leopardstown. I'm Emma Kennedy, alongside At The Races pundit, Mr. Declan Ricks. Hello! Stealing that well-known catchphrase for himself yet again, and when, when, when the when the cat's away, the mice will play. <laughs> and famously, you worked at Ballydoyle, and we now know in your time there you were in charge of multi-million-dollar purchases. Not all of them particularly good, but you were still in charge of them, and it was your head on it if anything was to happen to those horses famously an angry blogger once signed in to something you'd written to say sure what would you know about racing all you were doing was picking the stones off the gallops belly doyle <laughs> but as a famed belly doyle stone picker uh, one of the things that i'm sure annoys you when you're reading about a belly doyle two-year-old making its debut uh, his or her debut is derby entry interesting they all have derby entries they get derby yeah. entries pretty much from birth that's the whole point so sir dragonet is one of many who have given aiden o'brien a stranglehold on the derby after winning in very impressive fashion on sky sports racing but the fact that he wasn't entered in the derby the fact they took him out and that he was such a big price on debut and a pretty big price here. Uh, is that sending the wrong signals to you or were you pleasantly surprised by what you saw of Derby winner Camelot's son? No, I, uh, given what we've seen now in his last two runs, I would be reading very little into that. It's simply a case of even the great Aidan O'Brien and all the great men and women that he's got out in Ballydale it's simply a case of them not even knowing how good this horse was, or John Magnier, or any of the cool more lads, Tabor, Smith, none of them. This horse has made a fool of everybody. They all know nothing. They know nothing. And now he's jumped to the head of the Derby market after having two runs. And given the level that he's got to after two runs, I think, Emmett, this has got to be one of the most exciting horses in training because... Jesus, it's it's a long time. I've seen, I can't remember the last time I've seen a horse win a derby trial by eight lengths on his second ever career start, having not even run, ran as a juvenile. So this guy, Sir Dragonet, uh, Sonny Camelot, uh, is, is a very, very, very exciting prospect. There's no doubt in your mind, so, that he gets, because it's not like they're stuck for a few quid, the team, that he will get a supplementary entry and will be at the head of the pecking order for the team. Like, of all the horses that you've seen so far, and there's a lot for Belly Doyle, he would be your number one pick. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure he'd be my kind of... Well, pick, picks are fine. You can have all the picks you want and put them whatever. I think in terms of having a bet, that's the kind of the real, the real kind of story of the whole lot. But mm. look, he, 
he, he was brilliant. Like, like to, to do to do what he did in the Chester Vase on his second start when he still looked, you know, considerably green. Uh, you know, after a couple of furlongs there, I thought we were we were having some kind of Zenyatta moment where I was like, Jesus, is Donna gonna gonna pull this horse up? <laughs> or what's going on? But uh, Donica just nursed him into it, uh, kind of crept and crept and crept away. And then eventually, you know, coming into the last half mile of the race, his, his class and his ability and, it, and his speed, it all, it all just took over. And, you know, he scooted away and he won by, won by eight lengths from a horse in Norway who uh, was sporting first-time cheek pieces. But Norway on his, his last start as a juvenile did run in the, the grade one at Song Clue last year. The Criterium de Song Clue. Nice pronunciation, uh, my friend. We're getting better with the French. We're getting better with the French. And he finished fourth, beating four lengths in a, in a, a juvenile group one. He's coming and he's been beaten eight lengths by a horse, having a second ever start. Um, you know, this guy is an incredibly exciting prospect. In terms of Epsom, um, uh, I don't have any worries about him handling the course. He, I think he's proving he's going to stay the trip. He has, on his two starts, won on ground that's had uh, a, fair, a considerable amount of juice in it now, it's, it's fair to say. Um, and he does lift his knee, as Kevin Blake would say. But I, he's not an overly big horse. He's not like a cracksman type. So I'm hoping a horse of that kind of model would have no problem zipping in around Epsom and handling potentially quicker ground. That is where I'm at with that. The only negative I have with this horse, and it's only a, it's a potential negative, is in two runs at Tipperary and Chester, he has not come through horses. He's not had a bump. He's not had a barge. He's not had a bit of rumble, a bit of tumble, nothing. He's had clear sailing the whole way through and you just wonder if they get 19, 20 runners in the derby and he gets buffeted around, how will he handle that? For me, that is the only negative with this horse. So that's the only negative I can find. Uh, you know, he's bred to do the job. I was just looking through his pedigree the other day. He's by Camelot, obviously a horse who started favoured and won the derby. His second dam, all too beautiful is a full sister to Galileo, who started joint favourite and won the derby. And all too beautiful, if he's a full, if she's a full sister to Galileo, that makes her a half-sister to see the stars. And all too beautiful he's, was second in the Oaks. Yeah, and, and he started favourite and won the derby. So on pedigree alone, on pedigree when Aidan got this horse in the yard, you, you know, look, everything in there is very well bred. But when you've got that urban sea kind of blood coursing through your veins, they, they, they must be get excited about seeing what's underneath the bonnet. But <laughs> having started at 14 to 1 on debut, um, and then kind of 13 to 2 in a, in a small runner field in the Chester Vaz, he clearly wasn't showing his pedigree at home, and he's, we've only seen it on the track. So, look, he's a very, very exciting horse. Um, all kind of mostly positives for me. The only kind of negative I could potentially point to is experience in a big race field, but nothing uh, an army battalion of Ballydoyle horses at an away day at the Corridor Summer won't fix. <laughs> uh, Norway's full brother, of course, 
missed his juvenile campaign one on the first day of the opening of the flat season at Leopardstown, if I remember correctly, uh, went on to win the Chester Vaz and went on to win the Derby, which would be the last race he would win until a four-year-old for Frankie in France. Is that right? Ruler of the world? Um, somewhere along the lines there anyway. The point I'm saying really here is that Aidan O'Brien has done this before. Um, the concern I would have is that Ruler of the world learned a lot on debut, learned, was very well fancied, learned a lot at Chester, um, and then got a, a great ride from Ryan Moore in an, in an open derby when Don Approach pulled like a train and um, the race was over really at the start. But Sir Dragonet, that point you made about him, Rixie, I think is quite key. The way he he was being almost pushed along early in the race. And the piece of analysis that Donnick O'Brien did with Jamie Lynch on Sky Sports Racing was fascinating because he was talking about how when he rounded the bend... In his mind, it was just, well, how far am I going to win by? He knew it was just a matter of pushing the button and he was going to go, that the horse had it. But early on is quite interesting. And you're looking at Chester as a tight track that really tests Colts and you get to find out what they're made of. And he was all at sea. If that repeated at Epsom in that bigger field, you're not necessarily going to get away with it. So given his price... Where does he sit, sit for you as a bet? Like, if you're on at fancy prices, if you've gone into your bookmaker and or your online bookmaker and, and asked for a price, you're, you're obviously in a great spot. If you've not done that, with the price he is now, what would be your advice? Oh, see, I don't know because the, the, the Dante is going to be... is going to be... is obviously another key trial. Because um, I've got a theory about too darn hot who was obviously kind of the key horse in all this I kind of I'm of the opinion that if you fancy a horse strongly for the derby you should back him now anti post and I say that because I think there's a fair chance that uh, too darn hot may not see out the trip in the Dante and even if he does see out the trip in the Dante and he wins I still can't have him staying a derby trip Mm. so to me, and the way I'm thinking of it in my own mind, it's a win-win situation. If you back a horse anti-post and too darn hot loses, you're automatically going to shorten. If you back a horse anti-post and too darn hot wins, depending on how he wins, you might get a little bit bigger, but I think you'll be on a horse who still has a very good chance of turning over too darn hot because I cannot see him staying the derby trip. Yeah, I can't either. If, if that makes sense and look who knows he, if he's you know if he's gasping for air coming at the end of that York Strait there during the week there must be a fair chance that he's rerouted maybe to the Irish Guineas the St. James Palace Stakes yeah well, well there's no 100% guarantee that he runs Thursday I mean that John Gosden has changed his mind before that could that could happen um, but it's, yeah. a, it's a good point to make that if he for some reason does not perform as they would have liked and let's not forget the fact that this horse has had an interrupted preparation. Um, so Japan, for example, will come into it. You would imagine in, you know, this has been a plan that Aidan O'Brien has laid out. Instead of going to Chester, he's decided. And instead of going to Leopardstown, he's chosen to go for the Dante. Um, maybe they want to see I, what he's made I'm of. Not sure that, I'm not sure that was by design because I, you get the feeling with Japan. I think he, Japan has had a, maybe a couple little setbacks along the way. Nothing major, but... I think because he's coming to possibly the, the one of the very last trials. To me, it's it 
it suggests that they're giving him all the time in the world to get that little bit more ready, that little bit more fit. Okay. But that's just me now. That's how I'm reading that. But whatever happens, if if two Darren Hart is not declared for the Dante this week, he will not run in the Derby. No. I would be amazed if he ran in the Derby then. Yeah. And even if he is beaten, you make a really good point, he can divert to the Irish 2000 Guineas. He could be held for the St. James's Palestics. Who knows? So it's a good yeah. point. If you fancy a horse now, then now is the time to go and strike, essentially. Um, yeah. So let's move on then to day two of Chester and Sky Sports Racing, which saw another success for Aiden O'Brien and another one-two in a derby trial, this time in the home serve D Stakes. Uh, Circus Maximus leads on Mohawk. Some fairly crucial form here for Circus Maximus in the sense that uh, last season he wasn't at all far behind Persian King, who we will talk about, and Magna Grecia, only a length behind them. They've both come out and won classics this season, and he's now come out and won his derby trial. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, I thought he was good. He, he, I, I, I think a lot of Aiden, Aiden seems to have a lot of top-class middle-distance horses who are really kind of sleepy and idle this year. And we'll obviously come on to chat about Broome, but, you know, Sir Dragonette was sleepy and idle in the case that he was so bloody sleepy and idle they didn't bloody know he was in Ballybell. <laughs> right? Then you've, then you've got Broome, who as a juvenile was, didn't have a clue what was going on. It was like kind of throwing a teenage virgin into a, into a brothel, you know? <laughs> just... Jesus Christ! Crazy, crazy scenes. <laughs> but, but the thing is, they're all becoming men. They're all becoming men. And it's Circus Maximus is another horse who's becoming a man. But I like him. I, I, I just like, I like his Rixie? idle nature. Rixie? Rixie? Is there a story about who, how you lost your virginity? No, let's not. This is not the pod. We'll do that on another pod, yeah? <laughs> Who knows? There's people out there listening to this saying, no, he's definitely a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But anyway, we digress. We digress. Yeah, look, I, I like Circus Maximus. Um, he just, he races lazily. He still looks a bit green. I... Either he was so lazy that he did, or he didn't like the track. It was maybe a combination of both. But you always just felt he was saving a bit for himself in the middle of the race, and you kind of thought if Ryan needed him, that he would be there for him. And then to me, that was confirmed in the last couple of furlongs when he picked up quite nicely and seemed to put the race to bed coming into the straight. And then he idled badly. So look, I like those horses. I think trainers like those horses because they always just save a bit for themselves. They probably don't look flashy at home, and then they get to the track and they show a lot more, but they still keep keep a bit back for themselves. And I think it just helps with horses with, with longevity and, you know, maybe prevent an injury and, and, and stuff like that. So, look, I liked him. He raced lazily, didn't travel great, but in the end of the day, he was a comfortable winner. But I suppose the key thing with this race um, is Mohawk, the runner-up, who gave Ballydale and O'Brien a 1-2. He was giving him five pounds. He, he had a penalty to carry. And he was beating a length and a quarter. And when you're beating it by a length and a quarter, giving a horse five pounds, you, in theory, come out as the best horse in the race. And Mohawk, he didn't have the same kind of trip as Circus Maximus. Um, you know, he was held up out the back. He impressed with how he travelled around there. And he was wider than the winner at stages as well. Uh, he didn't have the same run through. 
Uh, but look, he picked up well. I was impressed with Mohawk. He switched leads, turning for home, and, and picked up very well. So look, he's run a cracker, and in, th- in theory, he is the best horse in the way in the race at the weights. But given Circus Maximus, his idle nature, it'd be hard to say how much he was holding back for himself. Mm. And of course, Mohawk was a very good winner of the Royal Lodge last season as well, to be fair. So it's not yeah. like he wasn't coming in with, with decent form. Um, they, he hadn't yeah. run since since the Dewhurst, but he's run a cracker. I'm not entirely sure about this whole five pound thing. Like, yes, the numbers stack up that way, but the way that Circus Maximus runs, I suspect that there is more there. You're 100% right about him idling. In terms of yeah. pedigree, being out of David Watchman's star, Duntel, and by Galileo, 12 furlongs doesn't hold any fears for me. And there has been talk on social media and from some racing fans that maybe he would be one for Chanty in the French Derby. Yeah. Not in my mind. In my mind, he looks an ideal horse for, for Epsom, and I'd be surprised if he didn't go to the Derby. Really? I actually have the opposite opinion. Okay. But I, I see, but it's, you can't, I, I can't be concrete on this because he's a horse who saves so much for himself. Mm. But like, if, if someone was of that opinion of you, you know, given like, look, Galileo, as we all know, just imparts so much stamina in, in these horses and they, they tend to get home. And when you have a horse with that kind of Galileo factor, and how he races and he saves some for himself. He doesn't pull. He doesn't kind of doesn't race into the bridle. You give yourself every chance. But I don't know. I just thought him and Mohawk, to me now, it wouldn't be a surprise if both of those went for the French Derby. And I suspect this call will depend on what the Niarcos family want to do because they obviously have a strong association with French racing. Um, if they want to run in the Derby at Epsom, I think he'd run. But if they if they were somehow talked around to running at Shanty and they agreed, I think he might go there. But Aidan seemed to insinuate that he booked his ticket for Epsom. Yeah. And Mohawk had kind of booked his ticket for for Shanty. But look, there's a lot of juggling to be done. It all depends on on how well Japan does. You know, if Japan comes out and bolts up in the in the Dante. Are they really going to fire kind of so many perceived big guns at the one race? They'll surely try and spread them out a little bit. They've done it before. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they went and did it again. And yeah, yeah. The, the point with to be fair, there's no standout there, is there? There, there really isn't. You know, Sir Dragonet yeah. could be a superstar, but we're about to talk about Anthony Van Dyke in a second. And I thought it was interesting that Kevin Buckley was tweeting. Uh, today, actually, as we record on, on Monday, about how much he enjoyed his visit to Lingfield and was really impressed by what Anthony Van Dyke did. And so is the market. He's yeah. now second favourite. Um, there's no Mount Everest, unfortunately. Tipped up by the Blakester at 40 to 1, he has picked up an injury and will be out until the autumn. So the Niarcos family don't really have anything else for the Derby. And. Yeah. There's bound to be something knocking around in France, in Pascal Barry's yard or somewhere that can be unearthed to go and run in France. And when it comes to it, you know, when you walk into Coolmore and you see the um, the great quote, it really is all about the derby for them. And, and if, yeah. you, if you ever get the privilege to go, take it. Um, because they have a whole museum that's dedicated to some of their greatest stallions, but a lot of it is all about Epsom. Like They put a huge amount of stock on that. And while... The French Derby is a prestigious race with a great history. The Derby is the one you want, and that's what you want on on your pedigree. And I'd 
be surprised if he doesn't go. And I'm a little bit surprised that he's still the price he is. I, I think he represents a pretty decent amount of value yeah, in my mind. Yeah, he's about, he's about 20 to 1, isn't he? You can get it, yeah, and he's yeah. 16. It's just, that's a big, big price. Uh, then again, as you mentioned, Anthony Van Dyke has come out and and he's put his hat forward. Um, credit to Roy Delargy, who at the start of the season was saying, you know, Anthony Van Dyke is the type of horse that people forget about because he's been there, done it, and bought the T-shirt and he's he's hard fit and he's competed at the top level. And sometimes they're the ones who come along and go and win the Derby. But because he's been beaten by Quarto and by Too Darn Hot, people will forget about him. He's yeah. certainly emerged on the scene in Lingfield. And it's worth remembering that Michael Tabor last year, when asked before Epsom, who is, if it's not Saxon Warrior, who's your most likely winner of the Derby? And the horse he put forward was Q Gardens. And he talked about how everything went wrong at Lingfield. And we saw what Q Gardens turned it up to be. Now, Epsom didn't really pan out for him, but what he went on to do afterwards with the Grand Prix de Paris and the St. Ledger, he's obviously uh, a real star. And Anthony Van Dyke was then the horse that they chose to run at Lingfield. So they obviously put a lot of stock into this and he's done it well, Rixie. There's no doubt about him staying. He's yeah. done it well on soft. No, he did. Look, he, he was... He was... He was very good. He was. He's the. He's the. The kind of the, the real. He's a real professional now, and it's funny. Kind of when you kind of when you compare him to Sir Dragonette, Circus Maximus, and Broom, he is the other end of the spectrum. In that he is, uh, he's like the 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 twenty five, twenty six year old man who's got a mortgage. You know, he's all sorted. He's he's engaged. All this kind of crap. Well, the other lads are out having a session, arguing away. <laughs> This lad is the ultimate professional. Uh, he just turns up. He does his job. He, he jumps out the gates. He travels. You, you put him in a race wherever you want. He picks up for pressure. He runs straight as an arrow, and he's got a fantastic attitude. I, I You know what? I really felt sorry for Anthony Van Dyke as a, as a juvenile because I think because he was so good at an early stage and he was so professional from an early stage, like he was clearly mentally and physically kind of as a juvenile he was streets clear of sir dragonette sir maximus broom and the rest of those horses mohawk all of those and i think that forced coolmore's hand into running him over trips that were shy of his best so he had to run over seven furlongs in the national stakes and he had to run over seven furlongs on a sharper track again on quicker ground in the Dewhurst. and look this horse on his second start at Killarney, I think it was. Yes, well done, yeah. Bolted up by, I think, eight or nine lengths well over done, a yeah. mile, and he was going further and further and further away the further the race went. He, This horse, although he's out of an exceeding excel mare, has just screamed kind of stamina. You know, kind of even as a juvenile, you would have thought he probably would have stayed 10 furlongs on his head come near the end of the season. But he was just, because he was that good and that much forward, he, you know, Coolmore have to have a representative in the national stakes. They have to have a representative in the the Jewar. So he was kind of the sacrificial lamb. And then obviously going to Churchill at the end of the season, that kind of tight track. And I think he was drawn poorly. That was never, ever going to show him to, to his best light. 
But now he's stepped up and trip up to he's gone straight up to twelve furlongs and he's he's won in a decent time on ground that was much too soft for him, staying on very, very well. So look, um, on the eye he's 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 very easy going. There are a couple of negatives I would have about Anthony Van Dyke, and they are um I think he's officially rated hundred and eighteen. Uh, up as high as 119 as a juvenile. I think, again, just silly, overinflated um, ratings from the BHA. Um, I, I just can't have that. He, he's a horse all through the back end of last season. He was running over trips that were not showing him to his best. So uh, he's rated, officially he's rated too high for me. And I do think this listed derby trial at Linkfield on Saturday was a poor race. I really do. Um, the, the second horse was, was beaten in a handicap the last time at Bath, I think. Uh, the third horse of R.T. Watchings is a likeable horse, Nathaniel Horse Nate, Nate the Great, who I'm assumed is named after Nate the Great Mark Watt, the former UFC fighter. Probably not, but anyway. <laughs> makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense to me as well. So I think it was a, a bad race. And although the ground was softer than ideal and he probably wasn't fully fit going there I think given the class that he showed as a juvenile compared to those when we thought he would stay further I thought he was entitled to win like he did but I don't want to be too negative on Anthony Van Dyke because he is the pro's pro and of all those O'Brien horses if the ground came up rattling quick if you had to put one in the three of all the O'Brien's horses it would probably be him He'd be in the top of the list if I had to have a place-only bet. But on, at the same ha- at the same time, I think I'd be a little bit disappointed if Anthony Van Dyke won the Derby. Harsh, Rixie. Harsh. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, maybe. Look, I, I'm, I'm leave him go and prove me wrong, and I will go and pick it, just all the stones out of his way on the gallop, so he never gets a stone bruise. Feed him carrots, feed him polos, whatever he wants. And you'll do it all for free as well. Do it all for free. Write him an apology letter, the whole lot. I just, (laughs) I I don't know. I just, he's he's had so many more goals than the rest of them. And I think the rest of them now physically and mentally will be catching up with him. Okay. Uh, Well, we know your thoughts so on Anthony Van Dyke. And the fact that he is 92-5-1 for the Derby obviously doesn't float your boat. Broom. As you were saying yeah. earlier on, he just was a little bit of a clown as a juvenile, um, yeah. but has found his way and found his way in, in big style. Um, he was second on Arc Day in, in a Group 1 to Royal Marine. He's beaten Sovereign by eight lengths. He's beaten Churchill's full brother, uh, Bilheim Palace, by two and a half lengths. He was the outsider of the field. And it's a 1-2-3 for Aidan O'Brien in a change of circumstances. He completely crushes yet another derby trial. He's also made a big move in the market. Does he deserve to be as short a price as he is, as I'm looking at the odds on attheraces.com now? Does he deserve to be third favourite for the derby? Yeah, I think he does. I think he does. But again, like for me, this is another horse who... Just like Sir Dragonet and Sir Maximus, he he's hard to be very very concrete on. I, I'm confident in my own ability that I I know how good Anthony Van Dyke is because he does everything so right, and you know he's the he's a pro. But you know, Broom as a juvenile was incredibly stupid, incredibly green. He was just 
you know, he jo- he did not have a clue what was going on. He really, really didn't. But as the season went on, he got, he learned a little bit more each time. He just got that little bit better, little bit better, little bit better. And then by the end of the juvenile season, he finished second, beating the neck to Royal Marine in the pre-Jean-Luc Lagadere. And at the time, I, and I still maintain that form is not as strong as it was because I don't really rate Royal Marine. I think Andor was potentially found out a little bit in the, the French Guineas yesterday. Botron has been disappointing. Shaman, fair enough. The fifth in that race, he, he's, he's done really well. But the reason I don't, at the time, I didn't hold that form so high is because Broom was second and he's still just so, he was so stupid and green at the time. But look, he's had a winter under his back at Ballydoyle, living it up there. So yeah, look, he, he's had a good he's had a good winter. Everything has gone well, and I just think he's he's going to come forward again, Emmett. Uh, I really do. He's just mentally last year he was so far behind everything, but still had the the raw ability to end the season and finish in second in the pre Jean Luc Lagadere, and this season he just he's become he's becoming a man. He's everything just seems that little bit better with him. He's he's jumping out the stalls that little bit better. Uh, still could still could improve on that, but he, he's traveling sweeter in his races, and it's not taking him as long to pick up for pressure. And you know, as we saw in the Bally Saxon, as we saw again there in the the Darrenstown, the way he hit the line, you know, I think only good horses run through the line like like him at the end of a race like that. So. Look, I think he's he's becoming a man at the right time. As ever with Aiden in these trials, they there'll be plenty to work on mentally and physically, and the extra two furlongs of Epsom are going to bring out further improvement. So while there's a little bit at the back of my mind saying that Darrenstown form could be shite, it's the visuals. It's the visuals about him. Everything keeps pulling me back in, saying he's better. So, look, I, I like him. If someone wanted a back broom for the Derby now, uh, there, I, I definitely could not put you off. Last one to do the Derrenstown Derby double was High Chaparral, 2003. Off the top of my head, is that really, right? that long ago. I have a funny feeling. If I'm wrong. It wouldn't be the first time, and I'm willing to be corrected, but I think it was the mighty high chaparral back in the day. So the Derby market, as things stand on at the races, too darn hot heads it at four to one, which you and I think is madness. Um, then it's Sir Dragonet, Broom, Japan, who we'll see take on too darn hot on Thursday. Anthony Van Dyke, line of duty for Godolphin with a great weekend. We'll chat about that in a second. And Circus Maximus, Mohawk, and Cape of Good Hope who is a Derby trial winner and has handled up some and obviously is related to racing royalty in the mighty Highland Reel. So of the Ballydoyle contingent, because really that's what we're talking about, unless there's something else, who really interests you in the market right now, Rixie? If I push you for a bet, who is it? Yo, I think... I think it's Broom. Slow... Yeah clown an idiot but you're gonna go with him he is yeah he's gonna be like that he's gonna be like kind of van wilder who eventually graduates from college with a one one <laughs> it it'll take it'll have taken him a while to get there but he'll get there and he'll get there big so ryan reynolds will be playing him so in the film of his life uh That's it. fantastic another so- man with a long face <laughs> 
Uh, it's it's Van Wilder, so to win the Derby. Just go into your bookmaker and say, "Can I have a bet on Van Wilder to win, please?" A broom for Declan. Obviously, we'll be talking about the Derby uh, again at the weekend after we'll have seen the Dante when we're recording the final Furlong podcast, looking into the weekend preview and in many podcasts to come as well. Uh, in terms of the Oaks, Robert Sangster Memorial Cup went the way of Medea, who winner Claxon once again. Rory Delargy put the horse up at a decent price, so well done, Rory. Uh, I think he put her up at 6-1 to one and uh, she got the job done nicely. Um she looks a damn good horse she looks a real good horse yeah no she is she's um this this filly reminds me a little bit actually of of kind of um broom maybe not quite as backward as him but she she just looked like to me she was a little bit backward last year just learning on the job um she got there at the end of the season winning winning a yarmouth novice beating a horse called fanny logan and she needed every bit of the one-mile trip that day to, to get up and win. Um, this year, she came back, made her debut at Chelmsford and mentally just looked at a different horse, more switched on, more professional. Uh, she clearly enjoyed the, the step up and in trip. And then again, she's gone and done it again at Chester in the, the Cheshire Oaks. And Jesus, she was impressive now. Four and a half length, she beat Manuel de Vega by... Uh, Manuel de Vega was giving her three pounds now, to be fair. And uh, Rafe Beckett, who, although his filly was well beaten, seemed to be happy enough with the run of, of his filly. So that's maybe just worth bearing in mind for later in the season. But look, Medea, she was, she was a little sluggish away. Uh, she had to fight among horses early, and she's not an overly big horse. Uh, but she was in phase now, which so it's like she, to me... I think this is a brave little filly. Um, after that, then she travels lovely, and I just had in my notes now. Mentally, she's alive. Um, you know, she she's on her game now. She knows what it's all all about. But like the way she picked up and quickened was was hugely impressive, and she she bolted up. Uh, she's gonna have no problem seeing out seeing out the trip. Um, the only the only negative I could find with uh, Medea was. And I don't know why she's doing it, or maybe she's she's still green. And look, she's still entitled to be green. But at Chelmsford, but especially here at Chester, she edged left. And if you do that in the Oaks, at Epsom, on that camber, she could cause absolute carnage coming left down um, down the straight. So and she could lose momentum the whole lot on that. So that is the only negative I I have about her. But she's she looks like a she's got a big engine there. She's well bred. She's by she's by Frankel. Uh, these Frankels, as we know now, we, we know enough about them now. They they stay really well. And look, she, her her dam's pedigree as well was very good. She's by she's out of out of a horse called uh, Sayadetti Symphony, who was out of that glow brilliant Clive uh, Britain uh, race mare, Sayadati. So the pedigree is there front and back. She is pro- more professional now, the whole lot. The only thing is that edging left could be her downfall. And if I was a jockey riding in in the in the, the oak, should I say, I if I was attacking her late, I would definitely be attacking her on her outside and not down her inner. But look, she she's good. She was hugely impressive. Um, if somebody wants, I always find it's hard to it's harder to get a grip on the, the 
the the, mayor, the fillies and mares because they can just improve so quickly sometimes. But look, if someone wanted to go and back her for the Oaks, uh, there's no no way I, I'd uh, I'd put you off. Uh, we probably should say just like Sir Dragon that she does need to be supplemented, but uh, she is going to be. Yes, uh, she is. And if Aidan O'Brien has got a stranglehold over the Derby market, then John Gosden has got a stranglehold. To a certain extent, in terms of the Oaks trials, we still have yes. a lot of Aidan O'Brien horses <laughs> that are that are there, including uh, Pink Dogwood, who looked so, so good last time out. But then Anna Purna comes out at Ascot uh, under Frankie and basically does what Frankie does. Uh, she's been chopped to around 10 to 1. There was a significant run, non-runner in Frankanilla who was taken out because of the going. Um, she's exciting for William Haggis, but Annapurna did this even better, I would say, than the Chester winner. And uh, yeah. the Oaks is very, very strongly on the list now for her, for John Gosden. Yeah, it looks at another, um, another well-bred filly, as you'd imagine, by Frankel. Um she was good now. She was a little bit sluggish away, and she was green. She was green in the run for for a good few furlongs. But while she was green, she was still able to lie up. Um, so that that is a positive. I think mentally she will have she come forward for this a good bit. Um, she handled the course well, so I don't think Epsom's going to hold any fears to her. But uh, what really set her apart was you'd have to love how she picked up and how she how she ran through the line. She. She was good now. She beat the second horse of Roger Varian's by six lengths. And then there she was a further four and a half lengths clear of the third. And generally, kind of when you're looking at form like this at this level, or, or well, at, at any level, really, when you've got gaps like that, um, it suggests the form is, is probably worthwhile. But again, with Phillies, like it's hard to know the true level of this form because the second is so lightly raced, but the fact she hammered her with the runner-up hammering the rest, I think it, it's solid again. So, yeah, look again, another one. She she's incredibly exciting. Um, she done it well, but you know, again, I just I, I need I need to sit down and look at the rest of the trials if I was having a, a bet in the Oaks because I. Like I said, Guinea or Phillies can be a little bit, a little bit more funny. They can improve a little bit more um, out of the blue and stuff like that. And price, I think, comes into the the equation quite a bit more with, with Phillies in these races. So look, we we'll see. I, I wouldn't be advising anyone to to go and back any of these anti posts, but um, I did I did like what she did. We'll talk about the market in a second in more detail. Uh, it was a good weekend for Dermot Weld. Hazapur coming out and winning on the Sunday, but Tarawana will go with. Uh, Chris Hayes and Dermot Weld beating Who's Steph, who is uh, odds-on favourite just about. She's a Shamadel filly, and I suppose the Oaks is going to come into contention for her. What did you make of the performance? I would be shocked if this filly was good enough to win the Oaks. Um... Right now, Dermot Weld is blocking your number on Twitter. That, that's fine. <laughs> blocking, that, your, that blocking you on Twitter, blocking your number on the phone, and, uh, and saying to everybody, I'll, I'll never talk to that, Declan Ricks. Never, yeah, never. look, the, the, the race was an absolute farce of a race. They crawled around. Um, Colin Keane probably didn't go fast enough on who Steph really. Um, she had total run of the race, but they, they, they really, really, really did crawl around here. Mm. It was a bunch finish. 
I think her her sectional time from the three mark was was very slow, considering the, the pace that they went. Um, she just doesn't look good enough to me. Uh, but at the same time, I'm judging her on a slowly run race over ten. Over she could be a different filly over over twelve in a, in a strongly run race. Uh, she is by Shammerdal, I think. Yes, out of a Cape Cross mare. Out of a Cape Cross mare, and I, she like with a lot of these Aga Khan pedigrees, they, a lot of them can stay. I think she she has a, a decent chance of staying. Her dam did win over twelve furlongs, if I recall as well. Um, but on what I saw there, I'd be shocked if she won the Oaks, and I'd be. I'd even probably be surprised if Dermot Weld overfaced her and ran her. I could, if he was, she was going to run in any Oaks, I could see Dermot, who has got more patience than, I don't know. Job. Tell me something that's got lo- loads of patience. More patience some than Job. Of, some kind of monk. Yeah, Job, that'll do. Dermot Weld has got so too much patience sometimes. I could see him taking the time with her, and if she was going to run in the Oaks, maybe run in the Irish Oaks. Do you know what? There might be an Irish race at Galway for her. Uh, <laughs> yes, there is. Well, there is actually that listed listed race over 10 furlongs on Galway Hurdle Day, isn't there? Yeah, there is. No, but she's a Group 3 winner there now. She'll, she'll have to carry a penalty, but... Uh, Dermot laugh. Put her away till Galway, Aga Khan. We'll have our fun there. Yeah, come on, come to Galway, Aga Khan. His Highness, come come yeah. to Galway. You'll enjoy it. The, the thing I like about her, and and I look, I, I have a funny feeling you're being slightly harsh on on this horse, but I see where you're coming from, particularly given how farcical the race was. Ten seconds. It was slow by ten seconds. The winning time, but yeah. she does have form with Hermosa, who we've seen win the one thousand guineas, and she does have form with the Oaks' favorite, Pink Dogwood. So yeah. there is there is form there that suggests that, and she was being sent off favourite on her on her second start. She's always been fairly short in the market, um, and, and she's got a beautiful pedigree. So we we yeah. shall see. But in terms of of the Oaks, she is not a horse that is very high on your list. That's very very clear. If we look at the market now, and and try and get our heads around it to a certain extent. So obviously, John Gosden's filly who won at Chester has to be supplemented, so a lot of bookmakers aren't quoting her. Pink Dogwood, who uh, cost a fortune and has been very good, in my view, is as short as 3-1. to one. The biggest price you can get is 9-2. to two. Hermosa, the 1,000 guineas winner, 15-2. to two. Uh, Masquad for Godolphin, 8. Annapurna, who we saw on Sky Sports Racing, winning at 10s. Uh, Iridesa's got to pull it out of the fire. She was 14s, just wonderful 16s. Um, and then Tawana, 25s, but as short as 9s. 9 to 1? Oh, come on. Ha- grow a pair of balls and have some shame. 9 to 1? Who's got her price at 9s? Betway. Good grief. Unless you know something, Betway, then that's... That's, that's that's madness um, look I, I really like Pink Dogwood I'll make no secret of the fact that I've backed her anti-post but I think she's stupidly short now at this stage who is your idea of a bet in the Oaks or who's your idea of the Oaks winner oh do you know what then she didn't run in any of the trials over the week over the last couple of weeks and that is obviously a big negative but the one I was sweet on was actually Zagatova yes. of, of Aidan O'Brien she's 33 to 1 there now for the Oaks but 
you, you couldn't tell anybody to to back her now because um, she obviously didn't run. But uh, I, Aiden, call me, brother. What have you done to her? Call me. You've got my number. Best isn't, buddies. Isn't he on the phone to you every time straight after a race? He, he gives you a shout. Rixie. Yeah, everyone everyone says he's on the phone to his mother. He's not. He actually rings me. Yeah, he, he rings you. He talks to the mother afterwards, but he's on the phone to you, first of all. That, that, that is, that's a factual fact. This is, this is, you're taking another Blake, Blake story now <laughs> as well. I know there was a rumour that she was out, uh, out until the autumn, but I don't think that was confirmed. I, and I don't oh, see it confirmed She ran anywhere. an absolute cracker behind Lady Kaya in oh. the, the one that was in Guinea's trial. Yeah. And she just looks, she's a lovely big filly. Um, and I just think she'll be better when she steps up and trips. She just, she looks to me the, the type of filly that will just get better with racing this year. She, she's kind of one of those fillies that will kind of go, um, ah, yeah, grand little listed filly there kind of as a juvenile. And then boom, come July, August, Aiden have turned her into a, a monster. Yeah. Who was that? Who was the filly that they backed the brains off and she bolted up at the Newmarket July meeting a few years, about two or three years ago, the Myler? She turned into an absolute weapon in the space of about six weeks. Oh, God, who was that? Peeping Fawn is the one that comes to mind as a horse who improved yeah, no, incredibly, no, that, that but it's not her, though. No, no, not her. That, that, was, a, that was a good while ago. Uh, she was the Myler. I think she ran... In, in wasn't Roly Poly, was it? No, no, it wasn't. We were going back a, a few years before that again. Um, it was the race. It was the race that Roly Poly won. The same race. One oh. second there. Bravana. I was going to say again. Bravana. No, no, we're going back a few years. I think we're going back three years. There was a huge gamble on her, and they landed it at. At Newmarket, I think it was the July course. This is bothering me now. This is really wrecking my head. We need to figure this I, one out. I was just about to say, speak among yourselves, but there's literally the two of us on. <laughs> uh, you know what? People are yelling at us right now, going, how do you not know this? How do you not know this? But it's genuinely wrecking my head. And yeah. if, we, if we don't get this, it's, this is a race between both of us as to who gets there first. That uh, is correct. Uh, da, 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 da. That race, by the way, the, the Roly Poly. The Falmouth Stakes. The fa- Was it the Falmouth? Oh. Oh, no. Oh, I have it. I have it. Alice Springs. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. Damn you, Rixie. <laughs> <sighs> You're right. Yeah. There was a mother remember? and a father of a gamble on her. You know, we, we've talked in the podcast before about when the Aidan O'Brien team, when the Ballydoyle team come for a horse or when yeah. Willie Mullins comes for a horse, there's an awful lot of stock to be put on that if a powerful yard backs a racehorse. If it doesn't happen on that day, you can be pretty damn sure it's going to happen eventually. And the market move that came for Alice Springs that day made no sense. It made no sense at all. Yeah. And she destroyed them. Well, she was, she was taking good, on a really she? good French filly, wasn't she? Oh, I can't remember now. She was. I... She was. She... Do you know who, who will also do as a big favour and will know about Zagatova? The Aidan O'Brien fan club on Twitter. 
they will know what the crack is there. So if Zagatova... Ah, they won't, they won't. They will, and they'll find they out won't. for us. Um, if you know what the story... Look, Zagatova is a definite contender and, <laughs> and should be highly considered, but hold on. Why, why, are we going to, why are we going to them when I have got Aiden's phone number in my, in, in my, you know? Because we all know that you keep that quiet for yourself, and then you uh, after time on WhatsApp and you send Blake and I a message <laughs> going, I was on that one at 16s, lads, and I go, oh, thanks a bunch, Rixie. Thanks a like, oh, sure, I've got to keep it all confidential. You know, fucking useless to us. Um, look at the Aiden O'Brien fan site. I'm sure they'll tweet at Final Furlong Pod. Hold all bets in Zagatova until they've confirmed it. If they confirm it, then work away. And uh, if she's, she's still going strong, and hopefully she is. Um, and, and then we can get a little bit excited. Uh, yeah. Just to kind of very quickly wrap up Chester, Making Miracles was a fantastic performance from horse jockey trainer everybody involved Fernie Norton gave the horse an incredible ride uh, tick a boo son I won't do the Scottish accents for Mark Johnston as it was terrible but um, yeah fantastic performance for him and uh, just stunning really stunning on ground that was awful uh, delighted to see Forest Ranger go and win again for the in the Huxley stakes uh, but the day before slightly disappointing from Aidan O'Brien's Kew Gardens on the Thursday uh, in the Ormond stakes now yeah. he's entitled to be beaten here but I was disappointed he was beaten as far as he was he's beaten eight lengths in the end uh, it, it is soft ground and there are bigger targets later in the season he has finished in front of Magic Circle who was a really good stare last season uh, yeah. but I wouldn't have expected Mirando to go and do what he did to him uh, look I, I think this this race is pretty simple Emmett. Uh, Mirando was just much 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 the fitter horse who thrived on that ground and he, and he won by that that margin um, Q Gardens he was out, it was out for a cider to me. It looked like they were getting him ready for the Coronation Cup. Uh, we all know how Aiden operates in these trials. Um, you know he's a, he's a he's a this horse is a Group One winner already. He's not gonna gonna go and have him absolutely mad fit for a, a trial race. He's gonna hopefully go out want him to have a nice time, uh, blow the cobwebs away, shift a bit of weight. Um, but look, this it, I. People are, I think people are going to get very excited about Mirando on the back of this. I, my temp, I would, my enthusiasm is well and truly tempered. I want to see him do it again. It was a very, very good performance, but he beat a horse in Kew Gardens who hated the ground, who was held up near last throughout and was clearly as fat as a fool. Uh, Magic Circle must have been fatter than him, or maybe they're. <laughs> McCreerick was booked to ride. I'm not quite sure what the story was. Because he, he drifted out from 100 to 30 out to as big as 7s or 8s on the exchange. And I backed him at 100 to 30 thinking he was more likely a 9 to 4 shot. Good record fresh and all that. But uh, I, sadly, I knew my fate before the race was run. So look, um, Morandi visually very impressive. But he's a... Uh, he's, he's, um, I think he's quite a small little horse, doesn't carry much condition. He's easy to get fit. French bred, thrives on soft ground. He was ready for the race on, on in in conditions he thrived in, and the other two horses were not ready in, in conditions that they, they didn't exactly like. So, uh, yeah, I, my, I want to see Mirando go and do it again before uh, I start getting kind of very excited about him. But look, visually on the day, he could do more, no more... 
uh, it was a good performance. Okay, uh, let's move back to Sky Sports Racing, shall we? And Longchamp, or should I say Paris Longchamp? I'm not sure. We, some people are dropping this this title and it's gone back to Longchamp now, but we'll go with Paris Longchamp and the <laughs> Emirates Pool d'Ici de Poulons. Is that like the, the race course Newbury? Oh, Jesus. Whose idea was that? Absolutely horrendous. Anyway, Persian right King. Right up there with those stickers. <laughs> Bloody love racing. Shame. 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 They may as well have gone around with a Game of Thrones bell going, shame. How dare you turn up in a Ralph Lauren polo that costs more than an average suit. You look at it, you look at a disgrace. I'll wear it I want, please. Thank you very much. Uh, Persian King is a shrewd acquisition for Godolphin. Andre Fab, much to the frustration of many, elected not to go for the 2000 guineas. Uh, new market, but turns out he knows what he's doing because he ends up winning the French version and does so in some style. He's gone for the, the cutaway rail, and while the official winning distance is only a length, he had this race in control of fairway out. Yeah, look, he did. Um, look, he won like a uh, a one to two shot. Uh, you would think did maybe a little bit disappointing visually. Um, I think kind of maybe before we delve in deeper in, into the performance we probably should still we should stress that the official going was heavy uh good don't can't have that at all no way i think maybe soft good to soft um uh, if i'm not an expert on times or anything like that um but that i i just can't see how a, a race that was run at, at a fair gallop like that uh could produce that kind of time uh, on heavy on heavy ground. I wouldn't get suckered into to the heavy ground factor. Well, Rixie, um, to be fair, the, the French have their problems and much more severe problems with the yellow vests knocking around. But yeah. the, the jockeys have been out in force giving out about Paris Longchamp uh, and the ground since the renovations that have been done. It's world class, but whatever happened during those renovations, the ground has been a very big cause for concern and obviously the weather wasn't great but we've, we've had to be fair to be fair to the track i do think that was last year yeah but I, yeah it was but they've it's not been without its criticisms yeah yeah no that that, that that's fair to say but look i suppose look it was supported by aiden o'brien paul cole roger varian um Freddie Head, William Haggis, Andre Fab, all these trainers. So I don't think these guys are going to run these kind of horses on. Or sorry, I don't think these tra- these kind of trainers are going to run these horses, such valuable horses on on ground. That's terrible. But, no, but um, but then again, yeah. and and sorry to cut across you, but it is a very prestigious and very valuable race. But it was significant yeah. that Aiden and Joseph both pulled. They're more fancied runners. Like Joseph only had the one, took him out. Uh, I know, I know, never, and another known never was taken out by Aiden O'Brien. Um, never know more. Yeah, who, to be, to be fair, that's a good trial. point. Maybe you could be onto something there. But to be fair, I, they'd, they'd have had no chance with Persian King. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably not. No, look, he was a one to two shot. Uh, I was expecting a little bit more, especially in the circumstances of him having the perfect trip through. He got plenty of cover. He got a good lead, got a decent pace to help him settle. Uh, he was still a little bit keen. Uh, I think this is a horse that I, I had him down as going to be going to excel over 10 furlongs this season, kind of looking at him as a juvenile last year. I think maybe he's got a little bit quicker. 
or maybe his mind is switched on a bit more that he takes more of a hold. Um, I would still look. I'm not totally. I'd still love to see him over ten. I I think on nice good ground over ten he'll do well. I'd love to see him in the Judmont later in the season over that big long that big long straight because I don't think he is uh, a real real quickener. He looks a bit a bit like kind of a bit of a lengthener to me who can maintain a high uh, a good cruising speed and just keep that up to to the line so i think he could do better over 10 as the season went as the season goes on um but he'll need better ground to do it yeah look visually this i i wasn't blown away he beat shaman and he beat roger varian's horse um zan donato um yeah look he look he got the job done that was it i was maybe expecting a little bit more but uh, look, the ground is probably softer than ideal for him. Frab, Andre Frab suggested that. Um, Frab complimented how brave he was and, and, and stuff like that. So look, he, he got the job done. Um, he's a fine, big strapping horse. You'd hope that he will kind of continue to, to strengthen and get better as the, as the year goes on. Look, he can do it no more. He, he went there and he won. He was a one to two shot. He was entitled to win. Uh, Probably didn't win like a one to two shot, but look, he got the job done. Yeah, I think he got the job done despite the ground. And that yeah. the fact that there's a Dylan Thomas mare in the pedigree with Kingman suggests that 10 yeah. furlongs won't be a problem to him. We're going to see him on Sky Sports Racing one way or the other. It's either going to be in the French Derby at Chanty or it will be in the St. James's Palace Stakes where he would rematch, which will be mouthwatering, with Magna Grecia. But I'd say the French Derby is probably yeah, more likely. Yeah, kind of, I don't know kind of uh, you know Andre Frapp doesn't talk to the press that much so I don't know um, how to kind of get a read on him but kind of said what in the interview post-race interview yesterday it suggested that in his head the French Derby is next and we probably should say just before we wrap up here uh, first classic winner for Kingman first classic winner for Kingman and a 300th group one winner for Godolphin in the very next race where Castle Lady gives them their second classic of the day, uh, dominating like Aidan O'Brien dominated uh, Newmarket. Um, this was important for them because they had a slow enough start to the season, but in France, things are going exceptionally well for Godolphin. Uh, and Miguel Barcelona got a castle lady to victory, but just by a nose over Jean-Claude Rougier's horse. Um, she could go to Royal Ascot for the Coronation Stakes, or again, could go up and trip for the French Oaks. Yeah, I think on, on the evidence of this now, I would be sticking to a mile. Um, things didn't pan out perfectly for her. She was maybe, I think she was two or three wide with no cover the whole way. And she was racing She was racing enthusiastically. And in the end, I think it all just caught up a little bit with her and she was, and she was clinging on at the end. So for me, um, to me, she looks like an out-and-out miler at the moment. Um, she probably she's a beautiful mover this filly Jesus she glides across the ground she really does so even though that ground was probably soft uh, definitely wasn't heavy even though the ground was kind of soft I think she would be much much happier on, on quicker ground She she's by Shammerdale and her dam was an unraced uh, sister to Ravens Pass so you know, got a decent pedigree there. Look, as a, as you would expect with a, a good dolphin horse. But you know, fair play to this filly. She didn't run now as a as a two year old Emmett, and she in three she's gone. She's had three starts this year. Started in the fourteenth of March, 
when Cheltenham was probably being run, nobody had a clue that she was running. We were all shouting and roaring, going, come on, Percy, will you wake up? <laughs> <laughs> and she, she was winning. She was winning at... Um, at Sean T. So look, she's had three runs, three runs. She's graduated into a classic winner. She's got a top class pedigree. Um, I lo- like how she races. She's, she's, she's quite compact and not um, nice kind of model. And yeah, look, job done three, three, um, three races. And she's a classic winner. So fair play. I could see her coming to the coronation. That's where I think she'll go next. But uh, we we'll see what the story is. Of the two, she's definitely more of a of a miler, I would think, and I'd say you're spot on with the with the coronation sticks, which could be a truly yeah. international affair. Hopefully, she was beaten, but hopefully, a newspaper record will come over as well. We'll see. Uh, we'll see it all plays out. We're we're pretty much done. Just a quick word of get well soon to Stephen Mooney, who had a mother and a father of a fall uh, at Cork on Friday. I don't know if you saw this, Rixie, but Jesus. Uh, Geological was about to probably win by 17 lengths. Uh, Saddle slips, Stephen Mooney comes off. Damien English got to him and he wasn't moving. And he sent me a picture of his helmet, which has a massive horse hoof in it. Um, Thankfully, Stephen's all right. uh, Jesus. Oh, it's horrific. It's Uh, a mad game, isn't it? Look, every single day, these jockeys risk their lives for our entertainment. Now, I know they're doing it because they love it, but they really are risking their lives. Um, yeah. I mean, think about what happened to Anna O'Brien as well. You know, thankfully she's all right. And thank God Stephen's all right as well. But the helmet has a massive dent in it. So um, get well soon, Stephen Mooney. Uh, he'll be back in the winner's enclosure soon. Geological will be back in the winner's enclosure as well. And Damien was in the winner's enclosure the very next day with 20 minutes. Uh, and the stable's absolutely flying. And I'm sure that will continue uh, for a long, long time as well. Hopefully a big season ahead for him. Uh, we will preview the weekend's racing on Thursday. Vanessa Ryle returns when we uh, look ahead to what's to come. Uh, some interview podcasts lined up as well. Uh, but we'll talk more about that a little bit later on. If you haven't seen it yet, and maybe you haven't Game of Thrones episode 5 oh my god I thought we were recording this morning Rixie and I watched the episode so I could go on Twitter so that nobody would be spoiling it instead I got it wrong and we were recording in the afternoon Jesus Christ that's my spoiler free review of the episode 5 of Game of Thrones Jesus Christ Uh, from Declan Ricks good luck stealing Blake's lines again (laughs) Game of Thrones if you have not watched you can catch up on every single episode on Sky Catch Up on Sky Q and watch it Sundays and Mondays on Sky Atlantic we're back on Thursday on AtTheRaces.com thanks very much for listening well done to the team at Sky Sports Racing for a fantastic job at Chester and Ascot Lingfield and Barry Longchamp we'll talk to you soon God bless Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form Expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.